Right, praise God. It's another Sunday where we can hear from God again. Amen? Amen. Is that why you're here for? Amen. I didn't hear you. Is that what you're here for? Amen. Okay. Better be because there's no point you being here if that's not what you're here for. Right? right. So what we're going to talk about this evening, it's really timely. Tonight is pot bless, and we're going to talk about fasting and praying. <laughs> Right, so feast tonight, and the rest of the week you fast. <laughs> All right, so right before we jump to our topic, um, children, you are dismissed to your classrooms. I think they already went. All right, so I'd like to share these photos of children who their prayer letters to God. These children are under nine years old, and here it is just to cheer you up. First one is Joyce. Joyce said, thank you for the baby brother, but what I prayed for was a puppy. <laughs> so honest, right? How about Neil? Neil said, I went to, the, to this wedding and they kissed right in the church. Is that okay? <laughs> How about this? Dear God, I bet it is very hard for you to love all of everybody in the whole world. There are only four people in our family, and I can never do it. <laughs> so tonight, we're going to talk about prayer and fasting. And you know that Jesus told us in the Bible that we have to become like little children in order for us to enter the kingdom of God. So we have to be honest with God. We have to bring our, we have to be transparent. We have to be 100% transparent in front of him, right? So right before we pray, I'd like to share this with you. Do you guys remember Andres? I don't have a box here where I can pull out some hat. So I have Andres for you, right? So one day Andres prayed. He prayed one morning, you know, he prayed and he said, so far, God, I've done all right. I haven't gossiped today, haven't lost my temper, haven't been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, and overindulgent. I'm really glad about that, God. But in a few minutes now, God, I'm going to get out of my bed, and from then on, I'm probably going to need a lot of your help. So that's my little joke for you. And Andres said, in Jesus' name, amen. Right? There's only one thing Andres was right. He knew that he can't do it without God. Can you do it without God? I hope not. <laughs> I hope nobody says yes. <laughs> because we can't. Apart from God, we can do nothing. Right? So let us pray. Let's open us up in prayer. Father, we praise you and we thank you for this wonderful night you have given us. Lord, we acknowledge you, that you are the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. You're the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Lord, we humbly come before you asking for your forgiveness, Lord God, for everything that we have done that offended you, Lord. Lord, we ask for your presence now, Lord God. Speak to your people, Lord God. I pray that you will open our hearts and our mind, and I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will help us understand what you have in store for us tonight. Lord, use me, Lord God. 
speak to your people. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will just use me as your vessel and you'll be the one speaking to your people. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Well, can you take out um, a monitor? Thank you. Okay, so the title of our message today is Develop the Discipline of Prayer and Fasting. So why? Why do we have to? Right? No, I have to. Saved by grace. That's all we need, right? So why do we have to? For one purpose. We want to be intimate with God. Amen? Amen. Do you want to be intimate with God? Well, if you call yourself a Christian, a follower of Jesus, you have to be intimate with God. You know, I want to share this verse from Exodus chapter 33, verse 14 to 15. And, he's, and this is God and Moses having conversation. And this is God saying to Moses, My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, to God, If your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. So what they're talking about is that God is about to lead Israel into the promised land. So what I want you to notice is the heart of Moses in this little conversation. Moses is telling God here that if you don't go with us, don't lead us into the promised land. So if your presence is not going to be with us, then might as well not lead us into the promised land. So as far as Moses is concerned, the blessing of God is not equal with God. The blessing of God is not equal with God. So what Moses is saying is that material blessings, this promised land that God has promised to them, is nothing. It's nothing compared to God himself. Amen? So for Moses, the pursuit of intimacy is his number one. Right? For Moses, the most precious thing in the world is not the, is not the material things, but God himself. So the question for you, church, is what is your number one? Right? What is your number one? What is most important to you? All of us are pursuing something. Right? You do pursue something. Don't tell me, ah, I don't really have any interest in anything. You do. If you're not pursuing God, you're pursuing something else. Right? My prayer is that we all pursue to be intimate with God. There is nothing more important in this life than your relationship with the Lord, with your intimacy with God. Remember that. So the pursuit of intimacy with God must be our number one priority. If you're a Christian, that should be your number one priority, is to be intimate with, Lord, with the Lord. So if you look at the Bible, the characters in the Bible, in the Old and New Testament, all of them have two things in common. They longed to be intimate with God, and they all prayed passionately to be intimate with God. Right? So here's David in Psalms 27, 4. One thing I have asked from the Lord, that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord for all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. So for David, it's very clear. 
the most important thing is his relationship with God. You know, David is the most successful king in, uh, in the history of Israel. But he could care less about that. He could care less about the power, the material possessions, because what he cared the most is God himself. So question now is, how do we develop intimacy with God? How do you grow in your relationship? How do you cultivate intimacy with God? So it has something to do with discipline. So we have to discipline ourselves, right? So in 1 Timothy, verse, chapter 4, verse 7, it reads, let's all read this together. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. So notice here the word discipline, right? Discipline here is a command. It is a command. So it is a God commands you to, to discipline yourself. Secondly, it's in present tense, which means you have to keep disciplining yourself. The problem is that we don't like discipline. I don't. I'll be honest with you. I suck at disciplining myself. <laughs> I wake up early. I've always been wanting to be an early person for the longest time. But the earliest I can wake up, I don't know. I'm not even going to tell you. <laughs> right? So, because it's boring. Discipline is boring. It's drudgery. However, if you have the right purpose, the duty becomes a delight. And what purpose for, is it for Christians? For the purpose of godliness. Amen? So how many of you go to the gym? Raise your hand. Oh my, we have to exercise. <laughs> we need an exercise ministry in this church. Again, how many of you go to the gym? All right, so, okay. How about this? How many of you have tried to go to the gym? Or exercise in general? Have tried? Okay, that's so much better. <laughs> well, the truth is, if it seems like all of us needs to improve with that, right? in improving our physical body. So, but the truth is, no one can go to the gym on your behalf, right? Because if that's the case, I would have Mikey and Zoe go on my behalf, and I'll be good, right? So, but you have to go yourself. If you want to develop your body, you have to discipline yourself. So if you, it's like basketball. I love basketball, but I, have, I don't have the discipline to go and play every day. Um, I got married, so it's only been like once every blue moon. So if you want to be a good basketball player, you have to practice. Michael Jordan did it, wasn't born Michael Jordan, right? He, he, did, he wasn't born, just started dunking on people. No, he went to the gym and practiced every day, right? So... Practice is necessary in order to be, a, to be good at something, right? So now, how about in Christianity? How about us? Now what makes us think, what makes you think that you can be a good follower of Jesus without discipline? How in the world we develop the idea that Christianity is automatic? You come to Christ, then boom, that's it, right? Transformed, totally transformed. No, no. It's a process. Christianity is a journey, right? It's a relationship. You have to cultivate it. You have to work on it, right? So the Bible tells us that discipline, 
yourself for the purpose of godliness. So godliness, in this verse, godliness means to be Christ-like. Right? Isn't that the goal? To be like Jesus, right? So that's the goal, to become like him. That's our church mission, to know Christ, to become like him, and to make him known, right? So to become like him, you need to know him. It has to do with intimacy. It has to do be, with being aware of his presence, right? We can only achieve greater intimacy with God if you discipline yourself. So in our Christian life, there are different kinds of spiritual discipline. But for tonight, we are going to focus on prayer and fasting. And I, I think we're going to start on our prayer series, right, Pastor Joe? And, and he started last week. Isn't that amazing? Efficiency ended with a prayer, right? So in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 to 13, it reads, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, both to desire and to work for his good pleasure. Notice the word work out. Work out here is a command, once again. So the Bible does not say that you have to work on your salvation, right? So salvation is such a big word, right? When the Bible used the word salvation, it has to do with first, first is your past, your sin, right? Your former life. When you came to Jesus, the penalty of sin is already resolved. It is resolved. He paid for it in full. He took your place on that cross. You should be the one hanging in there, actually. Or you and me. Yeah. So, but salvation does not stop there. Salvation is also present tense. Right? So you need to realize that God is helping you overcome the power of sin in your life. You and I, we're all sinners. Right? Who hasn't sinned here? Raise your hand. I hope nobody does. Right? So... You and I are all sinners, and we all, we used to have bad habits, right? Um, you, we used to be, and some of them are sinful habits. So we are liars, we're cheaters, we're immoral. Um, maybe you watch pornography, and among others. But when you come to Christ, He begins to work in you, to transform your character, and that's what we call work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It doesn't mean that you have to work in order to keep your salvation. That's not how it works because it is true. Once saved, always saved. Nobody can take that away from you, right? So rather, your personal relationship with Christ, when you came to Christ and accepted Him as your Lord and Savior, it results in growth. You shouldn't stay in fun. Right? It is a process. For some people, it would take years, but you should grow. Right? Salvation, again, is such a big word. It's not just the past, but also in the present. Right? It has to do with sanctification. You become sanctified. And it also talks about the future. In the future, you will be glorified. Right? So, you see, 
if you are saved, if you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, as for me, I am saved in order to be sanctified, in order to serve God, and someday you and I will be glorified. Amen? Amen. So, what's our message today? Discipline, develop discipline of prayer and fasting. So there are many, again, many disciplines, but today we will focus on prayer and fasting. So for what purpose again? For the purpose of godliness. Amen? For the purpose of being intimate with the Lord. So I want you to tell your neighbor who's sleeping, fast and pray. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Okay. So... Discipline of prayer, right? Church, this is a question for you. If you have one opportunity to talk to Jesus, what will you ask Jesus to teach you? Right? How about the disciples? Do you guys know that they ask one thing from Jesus? Do you know what it is? Let's test your Bible knowledge. Do you know what it is? Anybody? Pray. Okay, I'll give the answer. <laughs> pray. The disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. So let's look at Luke chapter 11, verse 1. It happened while Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. So, you know, these, these apostles of Jesus, these disciples of Jesus, after observing him and after being with him for some time, the disciples asked him one thing. If I were the disciples, I would have asked Jesus, Lord, how can I be a millionaire? <laughs> but no, these disciples couldn't care less. They could have asked Jesus how to raise the dead, right? how to heal the sick, how to perform miracles. But no, they asked Jesus how they should pray. Isn't that amazing? So, prayer is important, right? It is important because I think that the disciples possibly saw, saw Jesus' prayer life had a direct correlation with his power. So why is prayer important? Let's read this together. Of all spiritual disciplines, prayer is the most central because it ushers us into the spiritual communion with our Father, right? Again, it ushers us to the presence of God. In other words, you will not be intimate with God if you are not praying, right? If you are not praying, you will, you will not be intimate with God. So question for you, how is your prayer life? Right? How is your prayer life? Let's be honest. How many minutes do you pray a day? Or do you even have a minute to pray? Right? You know, there's this survey that was made here in the U.S. of 18,000 believers, followers of Jesus who were attending a seminar on prayer. Out of this 18,000, they discovered that average... Christian pray less than five minutes a day. That's so sad. 
And here's more shocking. Then they surveyed the pastors, 2,000 pastors, and it shocked them. Seven minutes a day. Seven minutes a day. No wonder why. Christianity in the country that we live in, the United States of America, is still very wide. Right? U.S. is still considered a Christian country. It is wide, but very shallow. It is wide, but very shallow. How in the world do we expect to grow in faith, to be intimate with God, when we do is pray five minutes a day? Right? That's all we spend. That includes reading the Bible and praying. Maybe two minutes, three minutes of reading, two minutes of prayer. Right? So we have to pray. So I want to encourage all of us that we have to develop the discipline of prayer. So turn, your, turn to your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, you've got to pray. That's the title of the message last Sunday. You've got to pray. All right? So, you know, to develop this discipline of prayer, we have to learn from Jesus himself. Amen? Who, who else could we learn from, right? Jesus. You know, Jesus taught his disciples to pray. And that's also for us. Because that's how important prayer is, right? We learn from Jesus himself. You know, Jesus always emphasized the importance of prayer. And you see it throughout the scriptures. That they all, it's always emphasized when Jesus removed himself and go pray, right? So Jesus taught us in two things. So Jesus taught us, how not to pray, and how to pray, right? So let's go with how not to pray first. Matthew 6, 5, it reads, When you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they will be seen by people. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. Notice the warning here. Don't be like the hypocrites. It only means that something good, like prayer, can be corrupted, right? Anything that is spiritual can be secular. Anything that is sacred, it can be corrupted. Why? You know why? Because that's the danger of religion, right? If you're following religion, you should follow Jesus. You should have an intimate relationship with him. But to understand this verse, we have to understand the Jewish people. You know, the Jewish people, according to this commentary that I read, that they are very steep in legalism. So they pray three times a day. Um, Nine o'clock, 12 at noon, and then three in the afternoon. And even some other religion, it's five times a day. I think you know what I'm talking about. Um, so so they time, these people, these Jewish people back in the time of Jesus, they timed their walking. You know, the time they're walking, by the, by the time it's 12 o'clock, they're in the street corners. And they're like, um, excuse me, I need to pray now. <laughs> so everybody sees them, right? Because what they're after is that people will see them, right? Jesus is saying in this verse that prayer should not be to impress people, right? Prayer is between you and God, Right? Then according to Jesus, this is how we should pray. Matthew 6, 6. But as for you, when you pray, go into the inner room, 
Close your door and pray to our Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So, I'm not saying that Jesus is against public prayer, okay? No, he is not. Um, because, you know what? The disciples prayed together, right? The early churches prayed together, and they fasted together as well. He is not against public prayer, and we do prayer, meet, prayer service here every Wednesday, right? The very essence is not against public prayer, but the very essence of prayer is private time with the Lord, right? Jesus is saying that you and I must set aside a private time with God, away from destruction, right? Do you do a quiet time? But the question is, how can you intimately pray if there's too many distractions? If you don't set aside time to do your quiet time, right? You always have your phone with you. Could be your kids who's always distracting you, right? Asking for rice or something to eat. There's only one way that you can set, make sure that you have a quiet time with the Lord. And that is you have to make it a priority to pray. Right? So don't just insert praying while you're driving to work, right? You drive to work, then in the middle of your commute, someone cut you off and you throw the middle finger and you're like, sorry, Lord. <laughs> That's not how it works, right? That's not how it works. Prayer, again, is communing with God. It's talking. It's listening with God. Prayer is intimacy with the Lord, right? You know that prayer is also transformative. It, not only God answers our prayer according to his perfect will, but it also transforms you, right? It helps us focus on him, and we align ourselves with him. You know, last Wednesday, my good friend Robert delivered a such wonderful message in the prayer service. So if you weren't here last Wednesday... You can check it out on a Facebook Live, watch him. And one thing that stood out to me is he had a box here. And out of nowhere, he pulled out a hat and put it on his head. And it was really amazing. Um, and that hat has a lot of things on it, dripping. You know, it's dripping. It has girls on it, beer, money. I think there's money on it. Different kinds of stuff, right? And it was really, it really made sense to me. Right? You know that those things in his hat represented the world that easily distracts us and, lose, and we lose focus towards God. Right? But what we need is prayer to remove the destruction. Right? Robert took that out, put it back on the box, and that's why you, if you belong to this church, we have to pray for each other. Right? We have to pray for each other. And through prayer, we can get rid of that destruction and focus our eyes on Jesus. That's why it's important that you and I pray, right? So Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, 7, And when you are praying, do not use thoughtless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So many people don't realize that repetition prayer is a pagan practice. You know, I used to do that. 
in, back in the Philippines in October, I love going to the black grocery, you know, because especially if it's a nice house, there's always good food on it. <laughs> That's a tip for you. <laughs> so sounds familiar, right? So if you study different religion on the world, almost all other religion, they have these beads, you know, beads. Our Father in heaven, Lord in heaven. Next one. Holy Mother. <laughs> I don't memorize it anymore. I used to, right? Sounds so familiar. So, and they keep on repeating these prayers, and in their mind, somehow, they, feel, they think that God will feel sorry for them, and that God will change his mind, and that will have mercy on them. So, I want you to know, don't ever think that by lengthening your prayer is equal to real prayer, or repetition is equal to real prayer, Right? You know, the Lord's Prayer, God taught us that prayer. Jesus taught us that prayer, not because he wants us to keep repeating it, but he wants us to use us, use that as our outline, as our guide in how we should pray, right? You know, prayer is all about the heart. It's not about how much you say, right? I'd rather have you say one word from the heart than a thousand words without your heart. Because prayer is, is equal to your intimacy with God, right? Prayer, God is after our hearts. So Christian life, our Christian life is a journey. And my prayer is that all of us here in FICF will develop the discipline of prayer. One way of developing discipline of prayer is by joining prayer service on Wednesday. We need you. Come over every Wednesday, right? You can pray for the needs of our church, for your personal needs with other people, right? So I expect you. See you Wednesday? Yeah? Amen? Okay, you better be here Wednesday, all right? You know, I have this illustration. It's called voice recognition. There are certain people in your life whose voice you could recognize anywhere. Right? could be your mom, your wife, your husband. So for most people, you could be in a crowded mall. But if your loved ones call you by your full name from across the room, your ear is going to pick up the sound immediately. Right? You wouldn't be able to do that same trick with someone you just met. Right? It took years of being around that voice and becoming familiar with it in order to do always recognize it. Right? So if my wife calls me, Vincent, man, that means even if I'm outside, I can hear it. Right? So if you want to hear and recognize God's voice in your life, you've got to spend time around him. Right? The best way to know what God sounds like is to read his words, the Bible, which is breathed out by God. And the more time you spend with scriptures, the easier it will be to spot God's voice during times of prayer. Amen? All right. Moving on to the discipline of fasting. All right. Again, we pot blessed tonight. Tomorrow, we fast. All right. So prayer and fasting, they go together. You can't just be fasting without praying. Right? So according to Andrew, Andrew Bonar, he said, fasting is abstaining from anything that hinders prayer. So it means that you will fast from 
Not just food, because some people, you know, this new trend today, intermittent fasting, right? So if they're fasting food, it wouldn't make sense to them, right? So it could mean that you're going to fast your lovely social media, right? Your Netflix or HBO Max or Disney Plus, right? Um, it could be certain activities. So ask yourself, what is hindering you from praying? Right? What is keeping you from spending time with the Lord? So as for me, every time Pastor Joe asks me, hey, cover me this Sunday, <laughs> the first thing I do is um, I always delete my social media and my phone. Right? Um, that is because I am well aware that if I don't, they always give me notifications, right? And it will bother me, it distracts me. And let me tell you, as I do that, as I fast from this social media, it's very effective. It works. I'm more focused, I'm less distracted, and really be able to zone in on the task that the Lord has assigned me to do. So, Take away the distractions, right? John Piper, he said that the greatest enemy of hunger for God is not poison, but apple pie. And, most deadly, and the most deadly appetites are not for the poison of evil, but for the simple pleasures of earth. For when these replace an appetite for God himself, the idolatry is scarcely recognizable and almost incurable. So it's so easy, right? It's so easy to fall in love with the simple pleasures of this world. And sometimes we don't even recognize it, that something has already became your idol, right? Sometimes we don't even think it's bad, right? Such as watching TV. I'm just chilling, Lord, right? But it's been 18 hours later, right? So you see, most of us, we're full of ourselves, right? Especially young people today. I think that includes myself. I'm still young. <laughs> right? All right. So we have no idea what discipline is. We want to fulfill our needs of pleasure. We love comfort. This is a country of comfort. We worship the God of comfort. Right? The God of ease in the process. But in the process, we fail to experience the beauty of the Lord. We settle for something less than what God has for us, which is himself. So I encourage you, brothers and sisters, to learn the discipline of prayer and fasting. So why do we fast, though? Why fast and pray? I have seven reasons here. First is, God expects us to fast. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 to 17, it reads, Now whenever you fast, do not make a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they distort their faces so that they will be noticed by people when they are fasting. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But as for you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. This is right after Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, and then he proceeded immediately on how they, they should fast. So with that being said, Notice the verse that Jesus begins with when you fast, when you fast, whenever you fast, right? So he didn't say that if you fast, he said whenever you fast. 
because fasting isn't a command. It's not commanded in the Bible. But Jesus seems to assume that his followers would fast, right? So it is expected that you are going to fast. So why? Because fasting is, the, is an expression of our hunger for God, right? It's important to remember, though, that fasting isn't something like a magic ritual that you do and try to get God to answer your prayers. No, that's not the point of it, right? Fasting is about what we gain in the process of, of doing it. It's focusing on God and being intimate with Him, right? Next reason, Jesus fasted Himself, right? Jesus fasted for 40 days, right? In Matthew 4, 2. So if Jesus did it, it means it's important, right? If you are a follower of Jesus, then it means you have to learn the discipline of fasting, right? The early church fasted, right? Um, fasting brings about personal and national spiritual revival, right? Um, if you look at history, it's when God's people pray and fast that God did something to revive his people, Israel. Even here in America and even England, right? It is when God's people pray and fast that he answered their call, right? That's why it's very important for, you, for us Christians. We have to pray for our country, right? We have to, right? Even if you don't like the guy sitting at the White House, you still have to pray, right? And lastly, fasting promotes intimacy with God. So, Next question is, how do you fast? So I don't want you to just simply give up eating, okay? We still have pot bless tonight, right? So make sure that you set aside an intentional time to focus on God. You can fast all, all, want, but, all you want, but without prayer, it means nothing, right? So prayer and fasting, again, works hand in hand. So here's some practical tips for you. Um, here's some practical tips for you if you do decide to fast um, food, okay? So I want you to first start slow. So if you've never fasted before, begin with just one meal, right? This is for food. If it's social media, you don't need to just begin with one hour or one minute, no? All right, so next one is continue to drink water to stay hydrated, right? So while some individuals, it's actually in the Bible, um, people fasted both food and water. This choice, though, can be very dangerous if you're not exp experienced, if you have not experienced with, if you're not experienced with fasting or haven't, if you have medical conditions. Next is don't overeat before or after your fast, right? So eat smaller, healthier meals. Don't feast after your fasting, right? Did you know that Muslims, actually during Ramadan, they gained weight instead of losing weight? You know why? Because they fast from sunrise to sunset after that feast to prepare for the next day. So instead of eating healthy portion of meals, they eat, they eat for the next 24, 24 hours. So they end up 
gaining weight, right? So, and then don't tell, uh, tell only people that you must, right? And then next one would be make a firm, prayerful commitment before you begin that you can remember while you're fasting. So make sure of that, that you're going to be praying and you, while you are fasting. Your commitment to fast is between you and God. So be sure to make a sincere, wholehearted commitment. And lastly, consciously reflect on scriptures and your experience. Right? Your physical response will often reveal, reveal spiritual truth. So as you pray, as you fast, you should be in constant communication with God. Right? So if you're fasting breakfast, lunch, and dinner, so during breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you should be praying and reading His words. Amen? So I'm going to close with... So I'd like to close with this illustration. Right? You and I, we're like boats, right? We're like a boat out in the sea, but we don't have anchor, right? So if you don't have anchor, if you don't have anchor holding firmly to its place, eventually, little by little, you will drift away from its desired place, right? So in order for you and I to keep our hearts and our minds centered on Jesus Christ and his kingdom, we have to be intentionally anchored, right? We need an anchor, and you can only find that anchor in Jesus, right? So we can use spiritual disciplines such as prayer and fasting, um, solitudes, prayer of coming here, discipline of coming here on Sunday, and being involved in a ministry, right, so that we are anchored, right, so that in order our anchor and our heart and our mind will be anchored in Jesus. And really, we have to focus on what really matters. Because what matters most is your relationship with God, right? Everything else is secondary, right? So let Jesus be your anchor, and that's our message tonight. I hope you learned something. So we, again, we part bless, and then tomorrow, you fast, right? Because this week, it's FICF's unsanctioned prayer and fasting week. <laughs> right? So let us pray. Let's bow down our heads. Father God in heaven, Jesus, we praise you. We thank you, Lord God, for you have saved us. Lord, we thank you for dying on that cross for us, Lord God. We should be the one on that cross, but you took our place, Lord God. And I pray now, Lord God, that if there's anyone here, Lord, that has not received you, has not committed his or her life to you as Lord and Savior, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will touch that person's heart, Lord God. Lord, I pray that we will develop spiritual disciplines, Lord God. And I pray that we will continually grow in our relationship with you, that we will make you our anchor, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we'll be more prayerful as a church and as individuals, Lord God, and that I really focus on you 
and that we seek after our intimacy with you, Lord God. Let Help us to be like David, Lord God, that all he wanted is to seek you and to dwell in your temple. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will make us, you will enable us, Lord God, to make you our number one priority. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your faithfulness. Thank you for speaking to us. We love you in your mighty name, pray. Amen. Thank you.